Welcome to Coopercast, The Tubes, Part 2, Outrageous on Stage. This is your host, Al's web bird, John Sachs. In this episode, Al talks about the complexities of recording the tubes, both technical and interpersonal, and their theatrical stage shows. The band leader was the guitar player, Bill Spooner, and he was uh, amazing. Actually, there were two guitar players, but one of them was the leader of the band. And then the lead singer, Fee Waybill, who probably knew much less about music because he didn't play an instrument. Mm. They had costume changes. They had um, women backup singers who danced as well. It was very complicated. It's a, it seems like an interesting challenge to figure out how you're going to take a band who is very, very visually strong with a sh- live show. Well, they were also musically very strong. That's what attracted me. This was very complicated music. I was very interested in that. And the sessions with them were fun? No, they were very difficult. It was all very complicated. Yeah. So by the end of it, there were 24 tracks, you know, 24 places to put something on a music track, you know, 24 compartments. So we had to be aware of that and make sure that we could fit everything. And for instance, usually in 24 track recording, the drums took up four tracks, more more than four mics, but they were assigned to four tracks. So that's an example. So the only thing usually that was on one track was the bass. In terms of vocals, what did one guy do all the singing? Yeah, but the, the women did background singing. Ah, okay. And it was... I mean, I still like to listen to it. It's very complicated, and it was a lot of work. By the end of the record, I had alienated them. Oh, really? Yeah, because when we were mixing it, they would each go, make me louder, make me louder, make me louder. And I I wasn't able to mix it, so I had to bar them from the mixing. And the mixing was you know, just as complicated as everything else. So by barring them from the mixing, I sort of clinched the fact that I wouldn't be doing another Tubes album. But but I got the album that I was trying to get, and it was, uh, it did the trick. How did it fare? Was that their best-selling album, or other albums better selling? Other albums were better selling because they got better. And then they changed labels. They went from A&M to Capitol. And when they were on Capitol, they really started to have hit singles. You did sit in with them at least one time. Oh, I sat in with them. I would go to the gigs because they, they were very enjoyable and I wasn't working. So I would sit in usually on guitar. And you knew the songs because you'd produced them. That's right. Yeah, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos, and it's just completely insane what's going on on stage. It's it's wonderful. It's 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 otherworldly. Yeah, the one I watched yesterday was. What do you want from life? No, it, it, the bondage one. Oh, mondo bondage. Mondo bondage, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it was just you know what's going on on stage is just absolutely unbelievable. Well, also musically, although I don't know what time period that would have been from i guess it's an 80s rock thing 
that guys would dress and be very, very outrageous on stage. Well, they had they had costumes for every song. Every song. Yeah. I made sure, and they made sure, that I, I went to uh, see them play a few times before we did anything. Right. It was an era of rock where, where, where being like really out there on stage was a big thing. Well, they were, they were responsible for a, a great deal of that. Right. As long as they were an act, they keep up the onstage insanity. Is that, was that always a part of their thing? Yes. Like you say in the book, you, you go to see them, you get your money's worth. Yes. <laughs> it seems like they could have understood that you can't make everybody louder in the mix and they should sit down and let you work on it. I'm surprised that they were that hard to handle in the studio. A lot of people are that way about mixing. Sure. It's not uncommon. Yeah, because when they listen, they're just listening, where's me, where's me? <laughs> exactly. You know. I mean, I, I, I had, uh, you know, I had similar situations with um, Leonard Skinner, and that was much less complicated, musically anyway. <laughs> Did you stay in touch with any of them af uh, afterwards, just anyway? About... Three or four months ago, I tried to find uh, the guitar player, and I found him, and we ended up having like an hour phone conversation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was very good. Is he kind of retired from? Yeah. Spooner. Yeah, now now like his, his kids are, you know, in groups and stuff. This has been CooperCast, The Tubes, Part 2. Brought to you by Mondo Bondage. Look for more episodes coming up and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about any podcast distributor. And tell your friends.